What's up, Kingdom Talkers, and welcome to the Kingdom Talk Podcast, a podcast that talks about the Kingdom of God. Grab your Bibles and grab your journals, and let's get ready to talk Kingdom Talk. Before we even get ready to talk Kingdom Talk, let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment, God. We want to thank you for even just allowing us to be in your presence, a place that we do not take for granted, a moment that we do not take for granted, Father God. Father God, we thank you for all things that you have done in our lives, Father God. You have been such a good, good father to us, Father God. Right now, God, um, I just pray over the word that you have given me to give to your people. I pray that, it's, um, that it speaks to them in a way that they can understand it, Father God. I pray that you just open up their minds, their hearts, and their souls to be able to receive your presence, your love, your word, just anything and everything that you have already ordained and sustained for them to receive from you, Father God. May they just lay down every burden, every stress, every worry, every thought, every feeling or emotion that's getting in the way of your will being done, Father God. May they just know that they are loved. May they just know that you are working on their behalf and making every crooked path straight, Father God. Lord, we will forever praise you. We will forever talk about your goodness, talk about your love, talk about the kingdom of heaven, and for and just always be in a humble place, Father God, in our lives, Father God. We just thank you again, and we will forever give you all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What's up, kingdom talkers? Oh my God, it's been five months. It's been five months since I talk kingdom talk. It's been five months since I've been you know, back on my podcast, you know, back on the platform. It's been five long months. And I know y'all been asking all up in my business. <laughs> I'm just playing. But y'all been, um, you know, probably wondering or asking, where is Jacory? Where is he? I haven't been posting as much. I've literally been away with God literally for the past five months. So many great things has happened. So many learning moments. So many just... It's just been a roller coaster, but let me tell y'all, God has been good to me and my family. Um, we have just been in a place where God has been restoring us, where God has been renewing us, where God has been teaching me things, teaching my wife things, where we literally have been put to the test in our faith, where literally God has been doing his thing. God, I has we have been literally letting God will be done in our lives. And for that, I had to step away. I had to back away from the platform, back away from the business, back away from the social media and let God do a new thing in my life. But I am back now. I'm so excited and I'm ready to talk kingdom talk. I'm ready to give you this word that God has given me. Um, When was this? Last week. Like, I've been studying this word since last week. So you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good, y'all. But today's, we're going to be um, talking about, or we're going to be speaking from the book of Ephesians. And the title of this episode is, this is, this is the life you're supposed to live. This is the life that you're supposed to live. And again, we'll be coming from the book of Ephesians, um, chapter four and chapter five. And in those chapters, it's just 
specific verses that God has revealed to me, verses that it just stood out, it spoke a word, it, it sparked a plug in me to write it down and to study it. But when I first, like when God first told me to go to the book of Ephesians for the word for today, I was like, the book of Ephesians? I don't know nothing about the book of Ephesians. I never read it. I never really heard about it. I never spoke like a word from it on my podcast before. So this is all new as God was teaching me this last week. But what I found out is, or what God revealed to me is, the book of Ephesians give us the blueprint of what it means to be a um, to be a Christian. Faith and in practice, no matter what is going on in our circumstances, no matter what is going on in our community, no matter what is going on in a world that we live in, the book of Ephesians give us the blueprint of what it means to be a Christian. It, it gives us the blueprint of what it means to live a life as a Christian. And when Paul was writing this book of Ephesians, his goal was to have the um, Ephesians mature in their faith. So when I just found out that or when God revealed that to me, I was in shock because I'm like, wow, this is such a good on-time word, God, because so many people want to mature in their faith. So many people want to grow in their faith. So many people want to continue to grow and be in relationship with you and grow intimacy with you and, and have those moments with you, Father God. And that's what the book of, the book of Ephesians give us. It's basically a book where Paul or it's a formal letter that God worked to ensure that the Ephesians was living up to the heavenly calling, the the heavenly calling, the calling and the purpose that God has already ordained and sustained for you and for me. So as I dove, dove deep into the book of Ephesians, literally, y'all, um, chapter four um, and chapter five is just such a blueprint is 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 such a like detailed instructions about what it means to live a Christian life. I know that sometimes in our spiritual journeys or in our lives from social media or from you know like our flesh or just like the nature of this world, we are taught to live a life that is pleasing to others. We are taught to live a life that we think that we're supposed to live. We are taught by, you know, probably our parents, probably from our childhood, probably from our experience to live a life that's a life that we want to live, a life that we think that we should live, a, 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 a life that we dream about, a life that we, you know, write down goals about. But what God revealed to me is there's only one life to live. And that's the Christian life. And as a man and woman of God, as, as a child of God, as a disciple, as a vessel of God, that's what God re revealed to Paul. And Paul is revealing it to us that I'm going to give you instructions for Christian living. And that's literally the title of um, chapter four, in instructions for Christian living. And like I said um, earlier, it's, it was just like a couple of verses that God may stand out to me. So let's just dive deep into the word. God, let's talk. Let's do this. I am so excited. Like, oh my God, y'all don't understand the excitement I have right now. I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, so let's dive to it. So verse 17, so Ephesians chapter um, 4, verse 17 through 32, and verse um, I'm look. I'm just all over the place. 
I'm just so excited to get this word. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32, and chapter 5, verses 1 and 20. This is where God revealed to me Christian living versus your living. What type of life have you, have you been living? Yes, there's a difference between the two. And in verse 17 and 18, it reveals to us that your life that you live in right now may have a lot of confusion, may have a, may have a lot of doubt, have a, have a lot of fear, worry, stress. And God is, is, is not a God of confusion. God is not a God that he shall lie. When God give us instructions, when God give us like the commands, he wants us to follow them. He's not giving it to us for any reason. Everything that God do, everything that, that God say, it literally has a purpose and a reasoning behind it. He don't do things for our good in a way of making us feel good. He wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to live this Christian life, this good life. And even though sometimes in our lives, there will be fear, there, there will be stress. There will be times where you feel less than, but this is the blueprint. This is something that we can go back to. This is instructions or commands that we can literally go back to, to renew ourselves, to restore ourselves, to remind ourselves ourselves that hey what i'm worrying about for what i'm stressing about things uh, about for why am i living a life of fear a life of depression a, 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 a life of anxiety that's not the life that god want me to live so what god revealed to me in verse 17 and 18 and i'm gonna read that verse to you and it reads um so i tell you this and insist on it and and in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, do in the fertility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So what God may stand out to me is for some of us, we have lost the fat or lost the wonder of surrendering. We have lost the the nature and the mindset of surrendering because you may be thinking that you're living your best life. You may be thinking that you're living the good life or the life that the culture tells you to live or the life that you have planned out your own self or the life that you're trying to live for someone else. But that's not the life that God want, wants you to live. And because of that, God said in his word that they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. When you live a life that's, that's not Christian living, your heart becomes hardened day by day by day because it's like you're not living a life of purpose. You're, you're not living a life of calling. You're not living a life that's attached to God. You're living a life that's for you or for the flesh or for the world. But the scripture that came to mind when I was studying these two verses is John 15, 5. And it says, I am the vine and you're the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if God says um, they are darkening in their understanding and separated, separated, write, write that word down, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is um, that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. 
when you're separated from from God, from a life of from God, when you're separated literally from God, you are ignorant in a way. You are being foolish in a way because of what's in your heart. God said that he looks at your heart. He examines your heart. What's in your heart that's making your heart hardening? And if you're put on this earth to be the branch and let God be the vine, if you are put on this earth to let yourself remains, um, remain in God and let God remain in you, if you are put on this earth to bear much fruit because you know that you can do nothing without God, you know in your heart, you know in your mind, you know in your everyday thoughts, in your everyday living, that you can do nothing without God. And that's what the verse that came to my mind when I read and studied verse 17 and 18. And then I started to think, what's hardening your heart? What's making your heart harden? Is it the disappointments? Is it the fear? Is it the stress? Is it the worry? Is the is it the expectation that you have set for yourself or set for others to believe in yourself that you're living your best life? That that that, that you're living your good life. That people can go on your Instagram. People can go on your TikTok. Come on, Holy Spirit. People can go on your Twitter. People can go on your social media and say, "Oh, she's oh she oh she's living a good life. Oh, he's oh he's living the best life. Oh, they're good. Oh, they're prospering. Oh, they're growing. Putting on an image for the world. Putting on an image for the haters or the people that doubted you or or the people that that did you wrong. But let me come here and tell you this today." Thank you, Holy Spirit, that without God, without being attached to the power source, without being attached to the vine, because it says, I am the vine and you're the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Right now, you're not bearing much fruit. You're thinking that your fruit is fruitful. You're, you're thinking that your fruit is lastful, but it's not. You may have what you want to have far as the newest car, the newest house, the newest cologne, the newest clothes, the newest shoes. But that stuff is like sinking sand. That stuff, that fruit that you claim that, you know, is from God, that you're bearing from God is not the fruit that God has for you. And because of that, your heart gets hardened. And when, when I think of hardened, I just think of like stubborn. I just think of like being hard, like nothing can come out of it and nothing can go in it. Nothing can come from a hard heart, like hard, like nothing can come from it. It's so hard. It's so stiff. It's not flowing. It's not breathing. It's not living. It's not pumping, not blood. It's hardened. It's hard. It's stubborn. And because of the way that your heart is hardened, that's the way that you live your life. That's the way that you treat other people. That's the way that you wake up every hard, stubborn, frustrated, fearful, worried, stressed, because you're trying to live up to a life that's not God, that's not pleasing to God. So as I just dove deeper i said that's 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 the life that you're not supposed to live the life that people have told you to to live the life that your friends your your a1 day ones your you know people your group your that's not the life you're supposed to live and that's what god may stand out to me 
And and that's why God said to name this um episode, this is the life that you're supposed to live. This is the life right here that is in Ephesians chapter four and chapter five. I never read this, y'all. I, I, I never heard of this or read the book of Ephesians. I thought that the life that I was living, I thought that the life that I thought that I was living a good life or the best life, God knocked me down and, and humbled me and said, no, 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 no. When you are a child of God, when you are a vessel of God, come on, Holy Spirit. This is the life that you're supposed to live. Let me give you the blue, the blueprint. Let me give you the instructions. Let me tell you. Let me show you. Let me remind you that the life that you're living is not the life that I have called for you to live. This is the life that you're supposed to live live the christian way the christian living and i know that social media and i know that the things of this world or the people of, of of this world have told you have lied to you but i am the truth i am all truth and since god said that since he is all truth this is the truthful life this is the right life this is the blessed life i know everyone said to live your best life but i'm gonna live a blessed life not best but blessed come on holy spirit because why would I want to live my best life when the best life is not the way that God want me to live? No, God, show me how to live a Christian life. Show me how to live a blessed life. Show me how to live a, 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 a abundance life. Show me how to live a life that is pleasing to you and not to others or the people or the things of this world. So when I dove, um, dove down to verse 20, going into chapter 5, it gives you the blueprint. It, it gives you instructions on how to live a Christian life, a godly life, a life that's, that's pleasing to God. Because again, that's the life that you're supposed to live. So when I got down to verse 20 through 24, I'm going to read it first. And then I'm going to dive into my notes. Y'all better stay with me. This is a word for somebody today. Verse 20 say that, however, is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the trust that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. Come on, God. Come on, God. That, however, is not the, the way of life you're supposed to live. That's not what God taught you. It's what he's saying. He said that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth, with the truth that is in Jesus. So if God is saying in, in, in verse 20, what you learned, like when you first heard about Christ, when you first fell in love with Jesus, when you first, um, you know, got baptized or got saved or decided to, um, Give your life to Jesus. That's not what he taught you. So who's been teaching? Someone has been teaching you wrong. Someone has been teaching us wrong. Because God is saying that is not what I taught you. That is not what, what I showed you. That is not the life that you learned. And I wrote that down in my notes. I said verse 20 and 24 stood out to me because it starts off with the bombshell by saying boom. That is not the way of life you learned. And then I wrote down former life, 
versus new life because that's the battle that's that's, that's going on right now in this society in this culture in this generation former life versus new life because god said that you are made new i have created newness in you when you get saved when when you get baptized when you give your life to god you are a new creation god said newness god said behold i'm doing something new in your life new 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 not former not past not the way that culture told us new life, which will, which one will you accept and live out your former life or your new life? See, God is not doubting you. God is not disciplining you. God is not mad at you for living your former life. But when you decide to walk in accordance with God, when you decide to live a blessed life, when you decide to be a vessel, to be a child of God, to give your life over to God, you are a new creation. And so because you are a new creation, God is saying, live this new life, live this Christian life. I know what you have done in the past. I know the life that you have been taught. I know the life that you was you know, living your former life, your past life. But can you accept this new life? Can you live out this new life? Because you can't live out both. You can't live out formal and new. You cannot live out both life. So God is saying in these verses, hey, take off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. What are your desires? What are you wishing for in, in your heart? Your deceitful desires, your wrong desires. Even though God said that he knows the desires of our hearts, but your desires are deceitful. Your desires are wrong. Your desires is, is not in reflecting of who God is. So that's why he said deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. When you put on the new life, when you live the Christian life, when you live the life that you're supposed to live, that's what you're supposed to do. Instructions, my people, blueprint, my people. This is what God has given us today is the blueprint and instructions to live the Christian life, to live a blessed life. I don't want to live my best life. I'm going to live a blessed life, not my best. So what life would you, will you accept and live out? Because you cannot live out both. And when I dove, dove down to verse 28, it stood out to me because it's easy to categorize this verse. So let me read it first to you. Because it's so easy for us to categorize, to put this verse into one setting or one way of thinking. But let me read it first to you. It's saying, anyone who has been stealing must no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Let me read it again. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to, to share with those in need. What stood out to me is because, like I just said, we can easily categorize this verse. We can make it into one thing, put it in one way of thinking, put it in one situation. But what God revealed to me is let's not categorize this verse as it can, can relate to all things. So when he say, um, 
So when he say anyone who has been stealing must no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. When you think of stealing, when when you think of that verse, you're thinking, oh, I'm not a stealer. Oh, I don't go to the to the candy store or to the store and steal. I don't go to the mall and steal. I, I never stole nothing a day in my life. But let's rethink that now. Let's let's think on a higher level than what you're trying to think about this verse on. Because what I got from it is stealing can be any type of stealing. Are you stealing people's time because you haven't worked on being alone with you and God? Are you stealing people's hearts because you haven't worked on surrendering your heart to uh, allow God to heal you? You want that person to feel how you feel. So you steal people's time. You steal people's hearts because you haven't let God do the work. That's why it said, but must work. But must work. Work on what you're trying to steal. You're trying to steal people's time. You're trying to steal people's hearts. When really, it's a reflection or it's a sign that it's time to work on those things. Work on healing your heart. Uh, allow God to put the work in you to live out the work. That's a word for someone. Allow God to put the work in you for you to live out the work. Because he will tell you what you need to work on. Even though you know deep down in your heart. But God will tell you as a good, good, good father he is. He will tell you the work, the things that you need to work on. Your heart, your mouth, your thoughts, your body. Just he will tell you. So you don't have to go out in this world and steal people hearts or 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 people times or better yet stealing people ideas and 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 creativeness because you haven't worked on trusting god to give you the creative ideas the difference between being inspired because that's what we we try to say oh i was inspired by this person or i was inspired by that person that's fine i'm not saying that you cannot be inspired by your role model or by you know your like a person that you may see on instagram or a person in a mall oh wow like their dress is really nice like you know i'm inspired to you know to do that color or i'm inspired to do this or to do that you know, based off, you know, what you've seen or heard, that's fine. But the difference between being inspired by a person's work than just stealing the person's work is when you steal, you are literally, there's no, um, how can I say this? There is no you in there. Like, there's no you you uniqueness if if that's the word. There's not no you in there. You literally stole every idea and every thought or every creative thing that the person who you so called was inspired from. But it's time to put in the work. Use your own hands. Use your own minds. Use your own hearts for for good because it can benefit someone else. See, when you are blessed, when you're trying to steal some person idea or or creativeness, that doesn't benefit other people. That that doesn't even benefit the person who you stole it from. So you can be inspired by someone or motivated by someone, but God will give you your 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 sauce on it he would give you your drip on it he would put you in it even though it was inspired he would still make a way for your ways of thinking your ways of cre creative mindset to be in the work that god wants you to work on and when you do that you bless others 
when you work a uh, good work, when you use your own hands for good and not steal, you are using that to bless someone else because God blesses you to bless others. So when God revealed that to me, he automatically said, oh, don't try to categorize because I'm telling you, y'all, when I was reading it, I was like, I don't steal or I haven't sold before or yeah, like, but not stealing in, in the way that the culture may think of stealing, but stealing in a way that God is putting it in its verse. Like, put your own two hands to work. Put your own mind, your own heart, your, your, your own body to work because it will benefit others. You will never know how God will use your creativeness, your idea, your platform, your business, your you know, clothing store, your shoes and store, like whatever you have, you don't know how God will use that to bless other people in your lives. So that's why God says, stop all this stealing, stop all of this nonsense and put your own hands to a good work because it can bless other people. So as I continue to just dive deeper and deeper into this, this is what, this is what God is revealing to us like the blueprint, the step-by-step, -step, the instructions on how to live a Christian life. And these verses that I have been going over and telling you about and preaching to you about is what stood out to me because these are the things that I feel like the culture or the generation that we live in is lacking. And this is why God said to speak this word, speak this way of living a Christian life. So when I got to um, verse 32 and it reads um be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you and i literally wrote down god said what he said because forgiveness being kind being compassionate being loving oh we like that oh we bad at that real bad <laughs> what courage should say real bad like we like that and it's real bad. Like, literally, it's bad. Especially in today's world, it is bad. We are mean to one another. We are nasty to one another. We talk down on other people. We got to come out of that. God said, be kind and compassion for one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And God said what he said, because something that's in our generation needs to work on is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yes, people do what's wrong. Yes, yes, people turn the other cheek. Yes, people have disappointed you, made you cry, made you mad, made you sad. Yes, but you must forgive that person because God forgave you for your flaws, for your mistakes, for your times where you wasn't always your best self. God has forgiven you. So God is saying, if I can forgive you, you can most definitely forgive them. But we are being so we are being taught by social media to um hold grudges. We are being taught by social media to not love one another, to oh be distant or oh like they can't be a part of my circle. And in a way, okay, but you must forgive that person. I'm not sending you to go back to that person and just be friends or just think like everything is good, but forgive the person in your heart so that when you see that person, you can be cordial and be an image of God and still love your enemies. That's why God said to pray for your enemies, to love your enemies. You can't do that when you have unforgiveness in your heart. 
And the reason why I'm so heavy on this verse is because a real quick testimony is because when I had hurt from my dad and hurt from childhood trauma, I had to forgive my dad. I had to forgive him. For 25 years, y'all, I have held in me unforgiveness. I have thought to myself, like, I would never forgive him. I would never, like, let him back into my life. I would never let, let him back into my heart. But what God was showing me while I was away for five months, while I, I wasn't on my platform for five months, is you must forgive the people that, that hurted you for you, for yourself. Because if not, how can I push you further? How can I push you further into your calling or into your purpose if you're not willing to forgive the people in your life? Because it's going to carry with you for 25 years the unforgiveness from my, the hurt, the pain, the frustration that I've had towards my dad. I has been, I have been holding on to that up until now, up until I said, let me forgive him. Let me literally forgive him. God, can you help me with this? God, can you show me the way to forgive this person, to forgive this other child of God, this other vessel this other child that's 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 my dad, but in the godly in the kingdom, he's your child. He's your vessel. Can you help me forgive this man? He have caused me so much hurt. And when I tell y'all, when I surrender, when I let God get get the hardened heart out of me, and let my heart flow and and pump. And let me not be bound to ignorance or bound to foolishness. When God set me down in the room, in my bedroom, and I sat on that floor and I cried, I, I cried out to God. I let every feeling that I had in me for 25 years come out of me in that moment. And when I did that, I was able to forgive him. I was able to move to the next step in renewing the relationship between me and my dad. And it's not all perfect. It's not all there. But the first step was for me is to forgive him so God can continue to work in our relationship. All right, y'all. So forgive the person. Forgive whoever. Be kind. Be compassionate. Forgive the people that has hurted you in your life. I don't know who this word is for, but forgive them. It's okay. Let God help you. God said, asking you shall receive. Let God show you because you can't do it on your own strength or in your own mindset. Let God help you forgive that person because no one is perfect. And sometimes we have, we have to put ourselves in their shoes. And when you forgive, it automatically allows you to be kind and to be compassionate to that person because you have forgave them. You don't look at them in the same way that, that, that you used to look at them. It's a different them that you had never seen before because the only thing that you seen was the hurt and the pain and the frustration and the just badness of that person but every person have good in them so look for the goodness in the person that god want you want you to forgive chapter five verses eight through ten when i dove into this chapter five I love how it, it starts off by saying, for you was once darkness, because it is reminded where you came from. 
it reminds you of the former life. It reminds you of a life that you used to live. For you once was in, in darkness. For you once was in fear. For you once was in flesh, in sin. For you once was doing things that's, that's not of Christian living or not godly. For you once was in darkness, it, it says. But it is reminding us that where you came from. And verse 8 through 10, it reads, um, For you was once darkness, but now you are the light and the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. But now you are the light and the Lord. You're not darkness. You are not your former life or your past life. And sometimes it hard, it's, it's hard for us to transition to this Christian living or this Christian life because we want to hold on to the past or, or to the former life or, 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 or to the mistakes or to the darkness and the hurt. But that's why you must come into God's presence and ask God for his help. Ask God for his love. Surrender all things to God. Lay down every burden. And let God transform you into the light in the Lord. Because that's who you are. You are a light in the Lord. And because of that, this is what brings, this is what you have with you. You have goodness. You have righteousness. And you have truth. Because you are the light in the Lord. You are not the darkness. You are not what you thought that you were in the dark. When you was living a life that was pleasing to yourself. Pleasing to the people. Or pleasing to the things of this world. For God is saying, now you are the light of the world. And, it, and it, it, it makes you aware of the benefits of Christian living. Because sometimes when you're trying to transition and really live out what God is, is telling you to live out or really apply biblical scriptures to your life, there are going to be a time and, and a place where you're going to think, why? Why? What's the point? Why should I live like this? Why should I do this? Why should I forgive that person? Why should I be the light in the Lord? Why? Why can't I live the life that I want to live? But like I said earlier, you can't choose both, either your former life or your new life. And this is where God is saying, choose my daughter, choose my son. Because you was once in darkness, but when you transition yourself and accept the newness, you are the light of the world. And because of this, I'm going to tell you why this is the life that you're supposed to live because it, it, it brings goodness. It brings righteousness. It brings truth. It brings peace. It brings happiness. It, it brings everything that you're lacking, everything that you really want, but you're trying to get it from the people or the things of this world. And, and God is saying, no, come with me, live this life, live a life that's pleasing to me. And I will give you everything. Seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added is what he said. But you have to seek first the kingdom and everything will be added to you or given to you. Asking you shall receive. You haven't asked God for help. You, you haven't asked God to show you the way. You haven't asked God to help you live this Christian life. Because I'll be lying to you to say that it was easy because it's not. But God knows that God knew before you knew that this was going to be hard to live out. That you're going to have many trials and many tribulations and many temptations and many times where you're, you're, you're not going to want to do it. But the Holy Spirit is, is going to be your comforter and your God. But you have to ask and call upon and, and, and acknowledge all things, which is God. 
And when I dove into verse 15, 15 through 17, it's such a strong couple of verses because Peter tells them, be very careful how you live. Let me read verse 15 through 17. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord will is. Do not be foolish. And it's such a strong verse because Peter is warning, is, is, is warning the Ephesians. Just like how now he's warning us. Be careful then how you live. You, you cannot live a life that is not pleasing to God and expect goodness from it. Come on now, God. Come on now, Holy Spirit. You cannot live a life that's not pleasing to God and expect goodness from it. Because all good and, and perfect gifts comes from, from God, comes from your father. But if you're not attached, if you're not connected to the power source, connected to the truth, to the goodness, you cannot live a life that is not pleasing to God and expect for goodness to overflow into your life. And that's why Peter is telling the Ephesians and telling us right here in this generation, be, be very careful in how you live. Have you been careful with the way of, of living? Because wise is the way of, of living. That's why Peter said, but as wise, not as unwise, but wise. Making the most of every opportunity. And y'all, when I got to this, making the most of every opportunity, I literally wrote down opportunity. Don't miss yours. Opportunity comes and goes. When you learn to make the most of every opportunity, it allows you to continue to learn from God. It, it brings you closer with God, which allows you to continue to walk into the calling and, and a purpose. What opportunities are you missing out on? Are you making the most out of them? That stuck with me. opportunities, y'all, because every day that you wake up, it's an opportunity for you to do the work. For you, for, you, for you to live out the Christian life, the life that you're supposed to live. It's an opportunity for you to learn, for you to grow. But when you're living a life that's accustomed to your ways of, of, of thinking or to the ways that you have learned from social media or learned from the things of this world or people of, of this world, you miss out on the opportunities that God places in your life. And you wouldn't know because you're not connected to God. You're not attached to God. Remember in, in verse 18, it said, um, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. You are separated right now. You are not connected to the one that's true. The one that's all things above all things. You are connected to you or the people or the TikTok or the Facebook or, you know, whatever you know that you are connected to. But God said, if if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So even if opportunity may come your way, you can't fulfill it. You can't hold on to it because you're living a life that's not pleasing to God. So the opportunities, you are missing out on the opportunities. And it said because these days are evil. These days are evil. So you must live out every opportunity. But opportunities come from God. 
that he brings down from his throne to give to us, to live out, to, to take advantage of. And when you do that, you are bringing yourself closer to God. You are allowing God to teach you things. You are allowing God to show you things that, that no one else can see but you and God. And when I tell y'all, when I had the opportunity, this is not even in my notes, but the Holy Spirit is moving right now. When I had the opportunity to step away from the platform, to step away for five months, I didn't know how long I was going to be away. I did not know. I promise you, I did not know. But I just felt this opportunity or felt this command um, to step away because I knew that there was other things that I had to get done. There was other things that I had to work on. It was an opportunity for me to get other things done, to live out the prayer, to see the prayer come unfold in my life to work on things that I know that I didn't want to, but God, this was my opportunity. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on now, God. And when I stepped away from that and I uh, allowed this, this opportunity to happen because I was able to recognize it because because remember, I, I am divine. You are the branches. So I was connected to the vine. And because of that, I was able to realize and see this is an opportunity for God to do more in my life. This is an opportunity for God to teach me things that I, I need to be taught, to show me things that I need to see, to renew things, to restore things, to work on things, to forgive people, to forgive my dad, to forgive the people that has hurt me, to heal, to work on my marriage, to work on being better as a father, being better as a husband, to work on the degree, to work on the business behind, to work on myself. I had the opportunity to do that and I did it. And because of my obedience and, and, and because I took hold of the opportunity, it, 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 it has made me wise. It has shown me that the life that I was living is not the life that God want me to live. He showed me in the book of Ephesians that this is the Christian life. This is the life that I want you to live, that you need to live, that you have to live. Because if not, you will be continued in darkness. You will continue to have a hardened heart. But God is saying, no, today is, is, is the day to take hold of every opportunity. Take hold of it. Recognize it and do it. Not every opportunity you're, you're, you're going to want to do. Because it's going to look like, you know, more work or it's going to look like pain or hurt or frustration or it's, it's going to cause you to sacrifice some things. But I am a living testimony to take hold of, of the opportunity because it will be for your good to grow and to prosper you. And the very last thing I want to focus on is verse 17. It is such a powerful verse. And it said, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord will is. Do not be foolish. We are not put on this earth to be foolish. We must un understand what the Lord will is in our lives. And once we come out of foolish, foolishness and step into the calling and, and purpose, it will always lead you to living the, the Christian life, which is the life that you're supposed to live. The life that God has already ordained and sustained for you to live. The life that God has already written down in his books that he knows that once my child, once my son, once my daughter realize that they have a better life, that they have a blessed life, I shall say, because you thinking that your life now is better. But God want, want, wants you to have a blessed life, an abundant life, a good life, 
And this is the life that you're supposed to live. Let's pray out. Father God, first and foremost, I'm going to thank you for such a powerful word. I'm going to thank you for just letting your will be done. Father God, it's done. It's said, I have done my part, Father God. I have done what you have told for me to do, what, what you have commanded for me to do, Father God. I just pray that who's ever listening right now or will listen tomorrow, weeks or months or years or whenever they get led to this podcast episode, that they are able to recognize and live out the Christian life. The life that they, the the life that they're supposed to live. May you just continue to open up our minds, our hearts, and our souls, God. Allow us to surrender everything that is bothering us, everything that is triggering us, everything that is making us not live the Christian life, everything that is holding us back in the flesh and in sin and in darkness. May you just open up our hearts, God. Some of our hearts are hardened. Some of our hearts are stubborn. Some of our hearts are not pumping out fresh blood and not living and, 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 and breathing because we're living in darkness. We're living in fear. But God, you have a blessed life for us. You, you have a life that you have told us that we can have, that we can hold on to and that we can live out and be your vessel and to be your disciple and to go out and show other people how to live a Christian life. And although it may not be easy, although it, it may be hard sometimes, it, it, it may be frustrating, but God, whoever said that it was easy, God, your own son, Jesus had many trials and many tribulations that he had to go through. But he took hold, he took heart, and he overcame them. So why can't we? We have you as our father. We have you as the power source. We have you in our lives. So we don't need nothing else, God, but you. Allow for us to stay connected to you so that we can bear much fruit, Father God. Father God, I just thank you and I love you for everything that you have done for me and for your other children, God. You you have been a good, good father to us, Father God. You are just everything to us. You're the provider, you're Jireh, you're Emmanuel, you're Yahweh, you're everything good to us, Father God. So I can seal and I seal this prayer and, and I send it to you, God. So let your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys for tuning in to the, I guess, the retired episode, I should say, of the Kingdom Talk. I have more in store. I, I am ready and I am back and we will forever talk kingdom talk all right i will talk to you guys in the next episode love you